Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend and co-host, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Well, Gary, I am on a little bit of a social media hiatus. I'm taking, you know, I took a little step back. I highly recommend it. It's right before baseball starts. And, um, yeah, I'm feeling refreshed and just about ready to go. So, well, I'm really glad that you did that because I'm enjoying, um, you know, being the sole pimper of the show. <laughs> and uh, I'm, I feel fortunate that you jumped on long enough on Saturday to tell people to listen to the show. That's good. So the hiatus didn't kill everything. It did not. It did not. But, you know, sometimes after football, I like to take a little bit of a step back. And so I'm good. I'm good. As long as you don't. You know, miss the opportunity to add a last-minute Jaggy candidate. I'm okay with it, Jim. Yeah, yeah. I got to focus on the important stuff, Gary. Really, really. I mean, um, and joining us is an old friend, James Littleton. We have had him on the show several times. I love having James on, uh, especially when we start talking about a heated subject like we're going to talk about today. So, James, how you doing, brother? Doing great, and I am not taking a hiatus from any social media. <laughs> James is like, nah, son, I fought a war. I ain't worried about none of this. <laughs> That's why I drugged James into social media. And now he can just, you know, pick up the pace for me a little bit whenever I decide to chill. That's the way it's got to be. So elephant in the room time, you know, Jim, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Mm -hmm. We have on this show, tried to kind of avoid talking about the blow by blow of everything that has happened with Brian Reynolds, mostly because if you're, if you're an honest human being, it really hasn't been a blow for blow. There was an initial trade request. The team said, Hey, we don't, we don't really want to move them. And then everything else has been fan driven. I mean, fan driven, both this fan base, other people's fan bases, I mean, reporters fishing for stories where there really isn't one. Well, now we've got some stuff. You know, Brian Reynolds has actually showed up to camp early, might I add, and he's had some comments. And I think it's an appropriate time for us to, to put the Pirates fan forum stamp on the Brian Reynolds situation as it stands right now. Okay. So um, let's start with a quote and we'll talk through that a little bit. I think I've been pretty open these last few years that my number one would be to sign an extension in Pittsburgh. And again, that's nothing new. We've known that all along. But Jim, what this does really, when he talks like this and he says these things, it takes away the cover that the Pirates would typically have where, where fans can say, oh, it takes two to tango. You got to have two. Both Ian's got to agree. That player don't need to be here. He don't want to be. Okay. He wants to be here. We know he wants to be here. He's been really vocal about that. The pirates have no cover here. That's, let's start there. That's where I want to begin this discussion. 
it's funny you say that, Gary, because I, I really just loved how beautifully simplistic Brian Reynolds was in, in his comments. And look, Brian Reynolds is is not going to get on here uh, or on there and be uh, super flowery about things anyway. But I mean, to, to, to just state matter of factly again, because I, I've had people argue with me that he doesn't want to be here, that, you know, and I'm like, listen, every chance he gets, he says he wants to be in Pittsburgh, you know, uh, and to start off the comments the other day like that, totally agree with you, man. What it does is it makes it makes it it makes the Pirates look bad. And that's there's just no way around that, in my opinion. I, I love the fact that he was he was great about saying that again, because can we finally put that part to bed? Brian Reynolds wants to be a Pittsburgh Pirate. He likes it here. He likes this market. He doesn't want to be in New York. He does. And he he says he wants to be paid fairly. I saw a lot of people picking that apart too, James. Everybody's going to say that. I say that too when I ask for a raise. You know, I want to be paid market value. But what market am I looking at? I'm on Monster.com looking at New York, fool. I ain't looking at Western PA. <laughs> So, I mean, in all sincerity, what do you take from these comments, brother? Uh, I think it was very strategic on his part to show up early and to say he wants to be here. Because I think that's exactly what he is doing, is trying to apply some pressure to the team and to ownership, even though I'm sure nothing doesn't care. But um, he straight up said, hey, I'm here early. I want to be here. I mean, I want to be paid fairly. Not crazy player, not crazy team. But I mean, and that's a little debatable on what is what there. But uh, I was just going to say, <laughs> yeah, at some point that's got to be defined, right? Yeah, let's I mean, he, he what, what does what does fair mean to you, James and Gary? What does it mean to you? Because I think sh- certainly that is like right. That is where people start to diverge in, on the road there. If, if you're asking me, yeah, if, they signed, if they signed him for six years, 140 million, and, and both sides accepted it, I'd say it's fair. If they signed him for six years, 100 million, I'd say it's fair. I don't care. If they agree, it's fair. That's really all I care about. Uh, you can compare him to McNeil. I think McNeil's a really close comp for him. But McNeil, you know, was a lot closer to free agency. So, hmm. It's difficult. It's not 100% one-to-one. If you do it that way, he's probably coming in around 110, which is less than I think he's asking for, a.k.a. not fair. You know, and a lot of people yeah. want to say just give him whatever, give him whatever he's asking for, but you <clears> got to <throat> be really honest with yourself. This just through attrition, just through arbitration, this, this payroll is going to get up around – 130 million somewhere in 2025, 2026, somewhere in that range, just from attrition. Now you go ahead and pile on whatever you're going to give Brian, whatever you're going to give O'Neill, whatever you're going to give Keller, whatever you're going to give Rowanzi. What if Castro turns into a star? You start thinking about, you can't keep everybody in this market. You just can't. So if you want Brian Reynolds, sure. But do the math. Make sure you can do it. And I, I'm sure they have a number in, in mind. And it sounds to me like they came in low. 
They probably have room to wiggle. He probably came in high. He's probably got a little room to wiggle. Sounds like they're about fifty million apart. You spread that out over three, four years. That's that's doable. They can figure that out. Come in somewhere in the like thirty million dollar range and, and just cut that in half. It it could work. James, what do you think? What did fair mean to you? <sighs> Not uh, New York Mets. What they would pay. Uh, but I I mean, Gary made a good point with the whole whatever they would agree to. But I don't think anybody has put their final best offer out there. Um, I just, I want him to stay. I, I, but I think it's more for more years for him than maybe even the, the final dollar amount. He wants the security of those, that number of years. So if he's willing to take the years and maybe a few million less to get those years, then maybe that could be a fair, a fair place to, to land. Um, and maybe even front load the deal a little bit while the salary uh, numbers are fairly low for the Pirates. I think they could do that. So that's where I would be at fair yeah. front loaded contract. I think that's a I think that's a really good point. You know, and um, there are ways to do it where you can sort of decide when you want to spread that out and when you want to, um, you know, uh, assume that risk. Yeah, for me, fair meant this just simply. And this is just me reading, you know, tea leaves. That he's not going to ask for the moon. He he he's not asking for the moon and the stars. Whatever whatever that means numbers wise. I'm glad he kind of confirmed what was out there was pretty accurate. I liked that. Um, I don't think he had to say that, and it gives us a better starting point. So um, I just I I felt it meant that he was simply not going to ask for top dollar. And to be honest, he shouldn't because of his contractual situation. That should be part of it for, for sure. It should be. But if you're going to say you want fair compensation and then refer to yourself as an elite talent, which let's be honest is debatable. It really is. I think you start running into right away. There's going to be a difference of opinion on what fair is. And to be completely fair, we have to pay bills. So let's take a quick break and come back. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum and the uh, the Brian Reynolds trials that we're putting on here because it's time for us to put our stamp on that situation a little bit, right? Because everything we say super matters. Um, I think that's really something that we should probably address too. The team does not care that trade rumors are going on. And the team does not care... <laughs> what fans think of this situation or the perception that it gives them. And I'll be really honest with you. I know exactly why. If they sign Brian Reynolds tomorrow, by Saturday, we'd be bitching about O'Neill Cruz. It wouldn't last. It doesn't give you anything long-term. It gives you temporary satisfaction. 
Gary, I disagree. I gave I I gave the Pirates a good f- five solid seconds after they signed Key Brian Hayes to an extension before I mentioned getting Reynolds signed. <laughs> so I totally disagree. I gave that a lot, a lot of pause. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, but no, I mean, he's exactly right, though. I mean, you're making a joke, but you you did. I remember I even said, like, can't we have like a day? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. No, the point is, though. Right. That, that's that's fandom today. Like somebody actually, I, I brought this up on Twitter, and somebody actually came at me with, "Yeah, I I bet in Kansas City they're already talking about, you know, what they need for their Super Bowl team next year, <laughs> and they probably are. They're talking about replacing wide receivers and getting Patrick Mahomes more weapons and shoring up the secondary and you know things like that. So, of course, that's fandom today. It's it's a what have you done for me right now." And signing Brian Reynolds is temporary happiness. So we have to really set that out. Is it is it what's best for this team to have him for more than three years? Or because we've been Pirates fans for such a long time, James, do we just know them so well that we know he ain't staying for three years if he hasn't been extended? I mean, we know they will trade him. It's not like they're going to just let him play his contract out till 2025 is over. Yeah, that's not happening. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's apparent just from the history of the team, even the history of Charrington. It's just not going to happen. Even if he signed an extension, he's not going to be there for that whole extension, to be honest. So, I mean, it doesn't matter what, what he, how long he's here in Pittsburgh. He's going to be gone before his contract is up. Um I would like for him to be here, um, but like you mentioned earlier, there's going to be financial obligations down the road that are going to have to be answered. And do we want six years of Reynolds at the expense of some of the other youngsters that will have to be let go at some point? Then, I mean, that's something I think the team might be kicking around. And I think, I mean, I think maybe we do. I think that's notable too. Is like because I've heard people say this, like, "Well, the, the, okay, don't pay them, and then we'll just let them walk." Well, if they ain't paying them, they ain't letting them walk for nothing. I mean, I mean, like there, there, there is. There's only two things going to happen here, right? Well, you talk about a qualifying offer too. You'd have to do a qualifying offer if you want to try to get a, a, a draft pick back for them. And that qualifying offer could very well be $25 million. You know, like, uh-huh. they're not doing that. And and I'll, he might take it. $25 right. million might be more than he'd actually get. Um, so I'm not 100% sure that there's a good way out of this besides extending him. Like, right now you have the leverage of, we'll call it three arbitration years because – I think they could rewrite the history books on 2023 as well if they want, you know, or they could give him a signing bonus or something as part of his salary to, to kind of offset a little bit of, of what he's making this year to kind of make the whole thing work. So let's go ahead and pretend 2023 is in that negotiation book. You've got three years of control. You know roughly what he's going to make if he performs even to what he did in 2022. You know, it's probably going to be 25 to 30 million 
is is what he could make over the course of that time. As long as you exceed that pretty pretty well, you tack on those other few years, I think you get to like 110 million somewhere in there for 6 years. You're good. Hopefully you've developed some talent in the background so that by the time this comes up again and you're ready to move on from them, you're all right. Right now, that's not the situation. I think that's why I'm so concerned. They've gotten this thing to a certain level, but the way this is shaping up, it's actually going to come right when James predicted all along, like 2025 is when they're really going to be like in the thick of things. For real? Ding, 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 ding. That's that's the whole thing here, guys. Yeah. It's so the, you at least it's need the them timing. For it's the timing, right? Yep. If the timing were any different, this is a totally different conversation. But you can't be building to what you think you're building toward and then have this going on right at the beginning of it. Or, you know, the beginning of the of of being competitive or the end of his contract. And they're lining up way, way, way too similarly. Yeah. So I mean, that's 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 it in a nutshell. I mean, I th- I think that's why we fans feel the urgency. I would like to think that that would be why Ben Charrington should feel some urgency too, because I I mean, I look at the at the prospect list for the outfield right now, and I'll I'll be completely honest here too. I didn't see Jack Sawinski coming up here and hitting almost twenty home runs, so. I'm not going to pretend that there isn't another guy they're going to call up that's going to do the same thing this year. I don't, maybe there will be. Uh, and maybe I'll feel completely different about the Reynolds situation after this season if that does take place. If you've got a couple boppers that you've developed, maybe I'll be like, eh, okay. And then you shove Bay out in center field. I'm all right. I like that. But until I see it, he feels like yeah. an essential piece to me, you know? Right. And, and like, if we're talking about, okay, let's say they get to the point where they're 20 million apart, 25 million spread out over the course of a contract over the years at this critical juncture, it sounds insane to not, to not try to find a place to be at. What it, I mean, you know, that's really, I mean, that's really what it would come down to is that they weren't willing to pay a, just a little bit more, perhaps. And I just think it, that would be the cost of doing business. Okay, it's Brian Reynolds has this, this issue with he's still under team control. Well, the Pirates have this issue of we really going to trade our best player, right, smack dab when we're trying to do something. I mean, and then you got the the people, James. We were talking about a little bit that I think they're they're patting the fall a little bit. It's it's a pirates fan phenomenon. You know, we like to uh, make sure that um, we've set ourselves up for not being upset when the inevitable happens. You know, so you start seeing people say, "Oh, Brian Reynolds. By the time he's thirty two, he's going to fall apart." Look at Kutch. You know, and. I always kind of say like, yeah, go ahead and look at Kutch because that was one of the weirdest, fastest, most precipitous falls off the table that I've ever seen. It was unprecedented. It was Buster Buster Olney. I remember reading a piece about him, how odd it was. Now, the point was when this does happen, they never become 
back to what they were. And it ended up being true with Kutch. But the but the major point of it was is that's an that's an odd thing to happen when it happened to Kutch. It it is, yeah. And and you know, he still found a way to be productive. So, I mean, he did have almost 30 home runs in, in uh, Philadelphia. You know, it's not as though he, it's not as though he didn't do anything. He just wasn't Kutch anymore. So, I mean, to me, falling off the table to the point where you're afraid to, to sign an extension means they're useless. You know, they're Christian Yelich, whatever he turned into last year. You know what I mean? That's the fear, but we're not talking 10 years here. We're not talking like he's locked up till 2040. We're talking like middle of this year, you know, like he's not going to, he's not going to just die. James. I mean, what do you think of that? I think fans are trying to protect themselves, but, and talking themselves into being okay with what they think is going to happen. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I've even, I've seen some things talking about how his fielding is already down and, He's not a great fielder and making excuses for why the Pirates shouldn't pay him now. His um, fielding was down last year, too. Um, but I, I, I think I think he's out of position. I don't think he's a center I think fielder. he might be out of position. You're, you're right on that. Problem is, they move him to the corner. He's less valuable, right? And you keep him in center field, okay. But look at what they surrounded him with last year. Like he had some really, really poor fielders besides Jack Sawinski out there next to him. And and that's a big, big outfield to try to have somebody have to take extra responsibility for. Yeah, I just I don't, don't think it's fair to look at those numbers hundred percent and go, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he he fell off last year. I I, I agree. And um I don't know how dead set uh Brian is on playing center. I mean, I'm not in touch with him or the team like like you may be. But, I mean, in left field with Bay in center helping in that alley, I think you'd see an improvement there. He could concentrate more on the bat, even though I think he did really well with the bat. But focusing less on center field and more on the bat, having some more protection in the lineup that they have this year, I think would really set him up for, for a monster season. And I think even um, expand his value at this upcoming offseason. Now, see, James is starting to make the argument, Jim, as to why you can't wait till next offseason, right? I mean, not only do you not want to deal with all the trades again, at least as far as fans go, but he only going to get more expensive, right? I mean, so, there's a good chance. I mean, I, 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 go ahead, James. Go ahead. I mean, I mean he's He's hit everywhere. I, I mean, I only see him getting more expensive. I don't think he's going to fall off. I mean, to me, he just he he's here to he's working. He's here early. I think he's set to have a, a huge season. Once does, I mean, I've, I'm I guess the one fear would be that he's applying too much pressure to himself to have a monster season. But I mean, he he's always hit. I mean, it's just. I mean, you look back all the way through college. I mean, he's the numbers are always there, except for twenty twenty, which was the weirdest year ever. Yeah, I would I would completely agree with that. So, Jim, I think we know everybody's feelings here. We all think that he should be extended. We think it makes the most sense. We think it makes the most sense for the window. We think it makes the most sense for the fans. I think there's a degree of 
of um, credibility that it lends to to this entire proceeding to to get somebody like him locked up. Um, kind of joking about the temporary happiness, but there's a little bit of credibility that comes with that. You know, you lock in your perceived best player, at least this year. I don't think he will be after this year. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. But all the chatter that we're hearing from the coaches, like Shelton, you know, here's here's a quote from Shelton. He embodies what we've asked him to do, the way he plays hard. He's worked hard this offseason on his swing. He's worked hard on his defense. My expectation is the same. He's going to go out and be a really good ball player. He worked with Andy Haynes all offseason. Two or three times a week, they said. You know? Oh, no. <laughs> well, he, he lives near him. So. And I mean, and, and I know Ethan Houlihan really enjoys all the videos from spring training. But, uh, he uh, he looks good. I mean, I'm just gonna say he looks good in the cage. Swing looks true. I I think that all the signs point to the Pirates really don't have any good options here except for to extend him. They have to find a way to make this work. And I and I think too, like James brought up the point, the Pirates are never gonna pay this whole extension anyway. You know, they'll find teams find ways when it's time to move on. If you have to take a little bit, need it, it's what you do. I mean, it's not, we're not, we're not talking uh, them eating 70 million of some monster deal at the end of it. No, but we are talking about a team that, you know, if they're to be believed. $150 $150 million payroll would would be difficult for them, okay? Now, I'm not saying they're to be believed, but I'm saying based on what we've seen, $150 million is probably wishful thinking on the parts of the fan here. And you add in some of these comments like we got from Cincinnati's owner where he's talking about um, knowing he's not going to compete before spring even starts and – um, not being able to compete financially. And then Rob Manfred steps up to the microphone and says, yeah, there, there are definitely haves and have nots. I'm paraphrasing, of course. There's definitely have and have nots. And sometimes that leads to unfortunate comments. So basically like, yeah, there's some teams that are screwed, but shut up. That's basically what he said. That doesn't fix the problem. He acknowledges this problem. But baseball's got a real problem. And and the Pirates cable company can't even pay them what they're supposed to pay them, which is less than most of these other teams get already. Yep, there there's... are real legitimate problems in baseball in the financial system. There is, to quote uh, some Batman, there's a storm coming, mm-hmm. Mr. Wayne. Um what are we we're talking between ATT Sportsnet and Bally? That's you're talking Sinclair, about yeah. yeah, you're talking about 17 teams in Major League Baseball right now might not get their full payments. So uh, and and that's not going to get any better. We already know what's going on with well, court probably, cutting. You're probably talking about MLB taking over eventually the production of most localized baseball. 
which is fine. It doesn't mean that you wouldn't have Bob Walk and Greg Brown. It just means like MLB would be producing it and paying for it. And it would be on MLB.com or whatever. Or right. they would lease it back out to Comcast or whatever cable company you have. So it's not like it would change much for you, but the financial system would, because they're not going to pay the Dodgers $500 million. They're going to pay, they're going to pay everybody the same thing. I'm sure. (laughs) And that changes things, doesn't it? I think it really does, man. Like, you know, I see all this and I'm definitely, uh, I'm not worried. I'm actually glad because I think it just forces them to reestablish things, does it not? And and find a better way to make it work. It does, but it's happening at a weird time because, you know, CBA doesn't come up till 2027. So, you know, there there's years where we're going to have to kind of deal with some kind of weird patchwork thing, I would imagine, before that can even come up. And who knows if they ultimately come to the right answer anyway, even after all that. Point that's, is. That's true. Point is. There's going to be a little bit of an evening in the playing field over time here, and it's going to be organic. It's not going to be because the players won and the owners lost or vice versa. It's going to be because this is the financial reality of life now. And I think it's going to cause some teams like the Pirates and the Reds and the Orioles, even though they're the hotness right now, and and Tampa and those types of teams and the A's to kind of maybe get a little bit of even a tighter sphincter as much as I don't want to admit that. Yeah. Well, what, what, what do, what do people do? What do rich, rich people do when there's uncertainty? Yeah. They, they clutch their pearls, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. Like that's, <laughs> that's what they do. Right. I mean, yeah. so to expect that not to happen in the sports world, I mean, the same principles apply. Regardless, I guess we got a little bit off topic. I did want to talk about that, but I kind of just like veered right into it because it just, when we start talking about money and making commitments and outlaying finances down the road, there's no way to not factor that in. You know, it it may be only $50 million that the Pirates get from AT&T, but if they're not going to get it, man, that changes things for them. They're not selling out, you know, (laughs) like they're not, they're not one of these teams that that is packing that stadium constantly. And you can blame them for that because it certainly is partially their fault, but where's the money come from? At some point you have to worry about where the money comes from and you have to worry about, can you compete with the other teams that, that can spend that money? It's it's going to be a mess. And good luck prying the, the Yes Network away from the Yankees. That's what I'm saying, man. This thing has so many things to it that you just wonder, like, what a mess. I would not I, – listen, I'd never want to be Rob Manfred, but I really wouldn't want to be him in the next couple of years if this continues down the path that it's going because right. I don't know what the answers are. And, James, you're a fan of Rob Manfred, but even – I'm sure you heard those comments – how do you admit like that there's a big problem like that and then kind of go like, but be quiet. <laughs> I think uh, I, you're right. I do love Manfred. I mean, I'm probably the only person in baseball fandom that, that, 
that loves Rob Manford. Um, I think a lot of people might when they're going to bed at 930 after a game on a Tuesday night this year with the pitch clock. And everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I've been a proponent of the rules and I know people are still complaining, but I really like it. Um, I think Manfred has a lot on his plate. Um, I really feel bad for the guy because I think in the next CBA, um, it's going to be less players versus owners than owners versus Cohen, the Yankees and, and that and getting a reasonable deal. So that's, that's where I think he's going to have problems because Cohen just came out. Cohen came flat out and said, I don't care about you other 29 dudes. I'm going to do me. And you're just going to have to deal with that. And I completely agree, but I also feel like Cohen is has the potential over these next couple of years to kind of have a little bit of an Elon Musk situation where maybe it's not as much fun buying toys as it is playing with them, right? So we'll see how that works out. Let's take a quick break, come back, finish up our Reynolds conversation. Welcome back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Gary, James, and Jim with you, and we are going to finish up by giving you our final recommendations for O'Neill Cruz. I mean, we've all done some math, even though that's not what I went to school for, and I promised I would never do math professionally. I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Gary, I, I, think, think, you just had a, I think you just had a Freudian slip. <laughs> you, you just said your final numbers for O'Neill Cruz. Oh, O'Neill Cruz, well... I see, I see, I see what's going on here. What you really want to do. You've been exposed. (laughs) Well, I've been exposed more than the pirates will be if they choose not to sign him. So let's go with uh, Brian Reynolds. Um, I think I would probably make him an offer of 115 over six. And if he doesn't take it, I move him after this season. James? I will go 7 years 140 with the 6 year being a team option with a sizable buyout of about 5 to 10 million somewhere in there and give him one player out at 5 as a trade off. Okay, I like it. What do you do with him if he doesn't sign? I trade him as soon as he says no. Like as, right now, before as, as soon as he says started. no. Okay, Jim. I um, I would sit at probably seven years, and I would do one thirty. I would try to front load a little bit of that deal. Um, I might even just throw a team option on there just to make him feel good. Um, 
And I am totally on board with what James said is if he says no, then you move him. Like you, you, like if that doesn't get it done, then you move him as soon as you possibly can. And you don't wait past this off season to complete before it's done. Like that would be it. Cause I mean, this year they're not winning anything anyway. So what, what do you, that's just another year you've lost um, to, 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 for, of, t, of t, like teams would love that extra year control. So sure. I, I would just, I, I would just say, okay, then move on. I understand. Sayonara. And I think what we're all saying is none of us would just let him play out the three years thinking that everything was going to be okay. Right. We're all basically saying, I'm saying I'd let him play out this year. If only because I still, I still think there's something to be said for the investment they made in free agents this year to try to get a better record. And I think they're going to want to show a little bit of improvement this year. So I'd probably keep him around, if for nothing else, to show others that requesting a trade isn't going to get it for you right away. And uh, to make sure that uh, this year I have potentially built myself a little bit of a landing strip for life without him. So I'd, I'd wait one, one year. I'd have him play one year for me. If something good came up at the deadline, I'd do it then. But I think... Ultimately, we would all like to see him signed. So I think we've all offered what I consider to be fair deals, pretty decent AAVs on all of those. I think there's a path to get this done. Now, if they don't get it done, as we'll go back to my Freudian slip. <laughs> if they don't get it done, do they move right on to O'Neill Cruz or do you need to see more? Uh, I... Uh- I think a couple months ago when the Reynolds stuff came up, I think I kind of maybe touched on this subject is would it change anyone's mind with, if it had to be an either or, you know, all of a sudden do you not, would you rather take that money and apply it towards a cruise deal? I am of the mindset that I think it'd be worth the risk and I think if you wait any longer, it's probably not going to happen after this year. So I think now would be the time. Are you assuming a lot of risk there? Yeah, probably. But I mean, do you believe in what you're doing? And do you believe in the development process and what you're seeing? If you do, do it. James? Yeah, I go for, for Cruz. Uh, tried to extend him um, just for the fact that the fan base is going to start with the whole Alpsy. Here it is again, getting rid of the best player. So I think that's when you swoop in, sign Cruz to a good deal. And then you'd be like, see, we will spend money. And so they kind of offset that a little bit. Well, now this, is where I'll re- this is where I'll reiterate that they don't care about the fan base and what they think. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, this is a, this is a business decision to me. Um, and let, let's be honest. I mean, at least for me, I, and maybe you guys can can think of a, uh, a set of numbers. I don't know what those numbers would be for Cruz to, to get either, a deal done. I, like, I think like, the, so, chunk we were, the chunk we were willing to pay Reynolds is, is a good start. 
But it's got yeah, it's got to be in there, right? I mean, the, yeah. O'Neill Cruz is is going to have, um, you know, unless Master P is his agent, uh, you know, something like Ricky Williams did in football. I would I would turn my attention to O'Neill Cruz, um, and I, unlike you, I I think they probably have a little more time. Uh, I don't think that whatever he does this year determines whether it can be done or not, because even if he does go 30, 30 or whatever, um, he's still going to have a couple years of not making anything. And that gives the pirates a, an advantage because before he even hits arbitration, you've got league minimum that you can tell him, Hey, we're going to give you eight, $9 million instead of 775000 for those two years. And then your ARB, we figure it's going to be something like this. And we can even compare it to Juan Soto if you want. It's going to be this. I think you probably get to like 130, 160, somewhere in there for seven, eight years. And you're probably pretty happy. As far as like the Wander Franco deal type treatment, um, as long as it works out better than it has for Tampa so far. I'd be very happy with that. What do you think you know? about like a Julio Rodriguez type deal where you throw in like astronomical um, numbers for like MVPs and and stuff like that, big bonuses, and maybe get a – I mean, I, I'd be fine with it, James. I just think like those incentive-laden things, especially achievable incentives with the Pirates, I bet scares the hell out of them because – it takes that cost certainty out of there, out of the way. And that's yeah. part of the reason why you want to do this. So if you want to tell him, Hey, you win an MVP, you get, you know, um, an extra 10 mil or whatever. I can understand how that could get the contract done. And as a fan, I'm like, yeah, if he wins an MVP, <laughs> but like, let's face it. We're talking about a guy that we are already in year two of his career in which he really struck out a crap ton and had a ton of errors. We, we expect him to hit 30 home runs without thinking, which is probably ridiculous, but that's what we think. And if that's what we're already thinking, believe me, he's thinking it. I mean, he just said 40, 40 today. The the fixed cost thing is a big thing, right? Um, We just talked about all this uncertainty coming down the road here with major league baseball and TV networks. And um, I, 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 I think it sounds great, but I just don't think they'll do it that way. I think the interesting thing about O'Neill Cruz is he's 24. So, um, you start getting into that repeat um, thing with the age, right? And the contract and when it, when it would end and does he want to end it? And so like, so here we go again, you know, it just, that just doesn't stop with Brian Reynolds. You're totally right. So again, yeah, you're right. We'd be talking about like, if you gave him a 10 year deal, he's 34 Uh, years old. I mean, it's his body type. How's he going to, he's back's going to start getting (laughs) all the problems that you could possibly imagine. You're absolutely right. So boy, being a pirates fan, you have so much more to think about than some of these teams. Like, can you imagine taking somebody that just set the AL home run record into free agency and retaining him? No. 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 
I I just imagine what it is to be a Braves fan and just watch them extend everybody. <laughs> I mean, just, you hope that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think it's a smart business model what they've done, but I also think there are some cracks in the armor that are starting to appear. You know, there's been some rumblings about Acuna maybe not being quite so happy. Um. So and I, I think that stuff's bound to happen. He was one of the first ones to actually sign and start this ball rolling. And of course, yeah, like in the, even in the NFL, we see that uh, the highest paid quarterback ever. Well, this year, next year there'll be another one. You know, <laughs> like so, like Patrick Mahomes isn't even the top paid quarterback anymore. So I mean, like it just it changes every year. And I, I just think like when you start playing the money game. It's always important to remember the Pirates don't have the same amount as everyone else. And you can say they don't spend enough. They don't. But there's a certain level where they can't get to. And that's a financial reality in this sport that even Rob Manfred admits, although he's not willing to fix. So I think that's where we should leave it. We think they should extend Brian Reynolds and make this a non-subject the rest of spring. But I don't think any of us find it all that awful likely, right? <laughs> um, I do think there will be another offer, though. I, I do think that we're going to see another offer before this is all said and done. And I think if the Pirates well, have their way, it'll be quiet. Yeah, I mean, it'd be silly to not counter. I mean, let's just like, I mean, if and, and if that's really how you feel about it, then I'm saying the Pirates, that's really how they feel about it. They're not even a counter. Well, that's silliness to me. Then, then what yeah. are you doing? Well, speaking speaking of counter, the show clock is, is definitely counting down here. It's time to end. Damn it. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I know this was a little bit doom and gloomy and a little bit of uh, financial wizardry in this episode, but there can't be a more important subject right now as far as like just how this whole thing moves forward. You have to get your arms around this subject. And I'd always like this show to be patient about it and, and wait for facts and wait for understanding and, and actually see everything play out a little bit more before we start flying off the handle saying, if they don't do this, we're done and all that. I, I think there's a path here still. A lot, a lot to play out here, guys. Yeah. Aside from that, spring training, man, there's pictures. I'm hearing bats. I'm hearing gloves. I'm seeing Kutch throwing, throwing with uh, Brian Hayes, who looks jacked, by the way. And uh, Rwanzi looks jacked. Rwanzi put on some muscle. Yep. So I think uh, there could be some, some, some real fun this year, one way or another, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, Brian Reynolds, Brian Reynolds showed up with Sidney Crosby's legs. I was like, geez, <laughs> these dudes put in some work in the weight room. I, I mean, I do like that. They did, man. Let's let's look forward to a good thing next week. Let's talk baseball. Let's talk actual baseball next week, huh? Let's do and, it. Uh, let's let Ben take it away. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.